0: Welcome to the Angus Conversation. I'm your host, Miranda Ryman, here with CEO of the American Angus Association and my co-host, Mark McCauley. Hey, Mark. Hello, Miranda. We're here at the National Western Stock Show for our second podcast that we're going to air. This is actually the first one we recorded, but we're going to air it second, so we're here. It's a little bit chilly.
1: A little bit chilly. It is winter. Winter has arrived in Denver. A little bit of wind, a little bit of cold, a little bit of uh, tough weather. I know we've had some folks that wanted to be here that weren't able to be here with some of the tough weather that, that hit right before Denver. So uh, I know there's a lot of our listeners that are back home uh, cabin cows and, and dealing with all of that. And our, uh, our thoughts go out to them and, and, uh, and well wishes because we know that's, uh, that's some tough stuff.
0: Well, hopefully sunshine returns by the time this will be a couple weeks out. I hope so, yeah. But I kind of blame you a little bit for this weather, Mark.
1: Of course. (laughs) I've learned in my my role, I always say I'm head of the complaint department, so I will take complaints on the weather.
0: (laughs) The reason that I do is that last year we were doing a podcast, and you said... It has been a really long time since we've had bad weather. Look how beautiful it is—sunny yeah. and, and blue skies. So you surely jinxed us. I for this probably year.
1: did. I probably <laughs> did. But it is Denver, Colorado. It is the National Western Stock Show, and so we've had a couple years of pretty, pretty—I uh, I call it Chamber of Commerce days—and uh, we we were due for a little bit of weather. That's exactly Makes right. Makes it feel more like the National Western Stock Show.
0: Exactly, and we're uh, producers are a, a tough tough group, so we're not worried about anybody, they're all enjoying themselves anyway. But today's producer, um, today's Angus Breeder is well-accustomed to this kind of weather, comes right down the road from me at North Platte, Nebraska, and that was Jake Tiedemann. Yeah,
1: we had a really great uh, discussion, Jake and his family, uh, well-known in the Angus business. Uh, a fun story in that uh, going all the way back, we got to hear Jake uh, talk about his, his grandfather, Jim Baldridge. Many would know that name, and the seasoning business, so we kind of got to hear the the whole backstory on that, and, and I think a really interesting perspective that Jake has. Uh, a lot of our, uh, of his peers and readers of his age, of, of finding their place in this business. We're talking about some generational handoff and, and, uh, and, and some of what makes him excited uh, about the Angus business and some of the things he's thinking about.
0: I loved this episode because we went as far down as some genetic lines and all the way to some philosophies and, and kind of some fuzzy, kind of just fun stuff. We laughed a lot and there was yeah. fun stuff in between.
1: No, it, was a, it was a great discussion. It's one I, th- I think our listeners will love.
0: Well, we're here at National Western. If you hear any of the the background, there's a sale still going on. A good
1: sale going on.
0: Absolutely. It was a packed house over there. It was a very
1: full house. And Angus cattle are selling good in the Mile High City this year. Excellent.
0: And so we have grabbed Jake Tiedemann from his tent in the yards. You've been sampling. You've been looking at cattle. How's National Western been going for you, Jake?
2: It's tremendous. We've had uh, good interest, good traffic, a lot of excitement going through the yards uh, the last couple days. Weather hasn't been perfect but it hasn't uh, put a damper on anybody's spirits that's for sure did
1: the wind the winds here yesterday 50 60 maybe more miles per hour it, it was very breezy
2: yes yeah. it was yeah. yeah the the tent flaps and the heaters were a welcome thing that's for sure and uh, yeah. i
0: heard you guys have two heaters which is quite the luxury yeah, out we, there we
2: do there uh, if you check stub there may be tickets to our tent uh, available <laughs> for some people i
1: just stopped over to <laughs> at, well I was trying to talk your mom into joining us, uh, but uh, so anybody listening, go give Becky a hard time that she uh, she didn't join us. But I was just over in your tent; you had a full house, and I had my big jacket on, and I couldn't—I needed to get it off pretty quickly. We're we're, we're fortunate. We uh, we've
2: we've got some some nice cab to offer, and seasoning, and a little camaraderie, and yeah. tell stories, and forecast the future where we see it, and have a little fun in the meantime. So it's been been a good week so far. Awesome.
0: Well, you guys are a name that I would say is a little bit synonymous with National Western Stock Show. Of course, we've been here a lot of years with Baldridge seasonings, and I think you, you've had cattle for sale and things like that. Why don't you start by giving us just an overview of your operation and maybe start from the beginning?
2: All right. This uh, and, and again, I'm uh, I'm I'm the the youngest generation in this, so I'm I'm gonna piece together what pieces that I've been told but, uh, Is
0: it folklore at that point. Yeah, then? <laughs> I,
2: I think so. So if you I, repeat it, it enough times, <laughs> it's yeah, back, yeah, so. yeah, that's exactly right. But no, I I uh, I have a very cherished his, history and appreciation of the National Western uh, uh, entity and organization. Uh, not during just this week, but uh, throughout the year and the things that it's. Uh, offered our family and and, uh, me in my college years, uh, I was actually a National Western Scholarship uh, winner, which was very helpful for me and allowed me to to do some things. But I guess our our family history uh, starts with my grandfather, Jim Baldridge, and uh, he he, uh, originally uh, was involved with sales out here as an auctioneer and and, uh, then as an Angus breeder. Uh, beginning in oh, probably I think 1978 was the first year they brought cattle out here, and we're fortunate enough to have champion carload of bulls that year, which was uh, you know obviously a huge honor and, and always a, a competitive competition out here with very strong competition and, and really good cattle from end to end, and uh, that was that was a, a neat thing for our family and exhibited a lot of pins and carloads in, in years after that and. Uh, then as my, my parents, Bob and Becky Tiedemann, got more involved, uh, at that time uh, the operation was the Baldridge Place, and uh, then uh, continued to, to show cattle under, under that banner for a lot of years. And then uh, uh, my grandfather passed away in 1994, and we've continued on uh, as Baldridge Tiedemann Angus thereafter. And uh, we've, uh, we've had sale cattle in this foundation female sale that's going on right now for a lot of years. We didn't this year, uh, uh, should have, uh, this sale's been very good to our family, but uh, we, we definitely have a lot of appreciation for, for the National Western and, and the Angus events that, that go on here throughout the week, for sure.
1: G- give a little bit of, of, of uh, history on your grandfather, Jim. Uh, he'd be iconic in the Angus breed. I know a lot of folks uh, but maybe newer to the breed might not know kind of, they maybe know your seasoning, but they maybe don't know your grandfather and kind of what he was all a part of.
2: So, so Grandpa worked uh, well. He, he started out in in Milan, Missouri, North Central Missouri, Sullivan County, and that's where he was born. And uh, attended the University of Missouri, I believe, for for a year or two, and then uh, began began working in uh, uh, oh, for different publications. He worked for the Corn Belt Dailies, and he I believe he worked for the Angus Journal at, at one point in time, and uh, uh, sold advertising and and uh, began. Uh, Eventually managing a few sales and uh, kicked off his uh, auctioneering career in, in that time period as well. And always uh, searched North America for, for the up and coming, uh, you know, new and different bulls that would impact the breed. And, and uh, had, you know, quite a few neat sire lines and sires that uh, ultimately were, were showcased here at, at the National Western a lot of times. Uh, he'd make the big debut for a new sire group here, or bring a new bull out and put on display, and sell semen or semen packages and things. And so, uh, you know, the the National Western was tied directly in with my grandfather. Uh, he sold many of the sales out here, sold the the junior uh, livestock premium auction at the end of the week uh, for a lot of years, and had a lot of fun with people and related to the crowd and the the bidders. And uh, I, there's a lot of fun stories of him. In the club, singing "Danny Boy" and uh, <laughs> having a large time prior to the auction, and then going out and Do you get to? You, did you yeah, inherit did, your singing? You carry on I, that I, family no, tradition. I, I, the the Irish heritage and in the appreciation of the music is uh, uh, directly uh, embedded within me. But my singing voice will keep <laughs> off the air. I could promise uh, that a
1: little Irish whiskey, and it might come yeah, out. And I, I have a
2: fond appreciation for that, but it doesn't help the singing. <laughs>
0: So what was it like uh, growing up with that, I guess, in your pedigree or being known as you were one of Jim Baldridge's.
2: Oh, I mean, it was, it was tremendous. I mean, I, uh, I'm, I turned 40 this year and I, I've missed three national westerns. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this, uh, this entity is, is huge in that, that respect. But, you know, growing up with Grandpa, I was 11 when he passed away and, and spent a lot of time in the vehicle with him traveling to sales. Uh, he was involved with the, the Nile uh, Angus sale in Montana and he and I would uh, take a part of the state and go hand select cattle and and uh, go to the you know premier maternal breed or you know, breeders places in Montana and pick out the one that they would offer and sell in October of every year and and so that was really neat to get to see those those bloodlines and meet those people and interact with those people and and uh, you know I, had, I was 11 but I had a lot hmm. of uh, Quality time with my grandfather, and he he was a he was a mover, and and uh, you you kind of had to to keep up with his his speed, and and uh, he always had his eyes on the horizon, and it was it was kind of kind of fun to grow up in in his shadow for sure.
0: And that would have been I'm trying to do a little bit of math here, but probably at that time you were already starting to build your own herd.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. He uh, he he bought me my first cow from uh, from TC uh, Ranch, and one of their early cow sales, and she was an own daughter of Traveler, and a really good producer, and, and I showed some bred known females out of that cow line, and then I was fortunate enough to, to get a, a Rachel cow from uh, GDAR, which was a very impactful cow family for me, and uh, across the breed, and then you know some Forever Ladies and some fun stuff like that, so I, I got indoctrinated into cow families and some of those cool maternal uh, producing cow herds, performance cow herds early,
1: early in life. Talk about your time in the, in the as a junior in the junior association. You mentioned the bread and owned um, uh, other things you participated in, and maybe the value of that as you look back on it today.
2: Oh, it it was it was a huge springboard for for what you know my knowledge base and my network and, and friends and my uh, you know I got started in uh, on the state level showing uh, showing cattle and. Then uh, my first uh, junior national was in 1993 in Wichita and uh, showed a ginormous cow cow calf pair and a carcass steer and and won my class and kind of got spoiled uh, right off the bat you which were was, like, Yeah well, this I, is yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was that kid admittedly and uh, <laughs> there were there were some some tougher roads after that but ab- absolutely had a had a blast right off the bat and you know, just got addicted to uh, that, you know, group of friends and this is plenty off-color admittedly, but I can remember sitting in the stall in 1993 in Wichita and Greg McCurry was teaching me to play blackjack as a young junior, so yeah. We, Board member Greg McCurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun, but... Uh, it was about the math, probably, yeah, I, I mean, and that's, that's odds right. and I statistics. I call it life lessons. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I can yeah. count to 21, but yeah. don't ask me to go too much further than that, but uh, no, I had, had a lot of fun, and then, you know, as that progressed, uh, uh, had a lot of fun uh, in the carcass steer contest every year, was fortunate to place in that in a number of years, and uh, then... You know you you take note of those green jackets around the ring and the impact they have on the juniors around you and, and a lot of the people that have now been board members and definitely strong breeders and and people that have gone out into other careers and then came back to our breed i mean that that junior angus program was tremendous and that junior board uh system was tremendous and i was fortunate to get get elected to that and and serve with some some great people i had an awesome board for you know before me with me and and after me and you know those people are still individuals that I call and talk to every day whether whether it's you know life related or cattle related I mean those those people uh, are very impactful for for me every day for sure.
0: And your family's been longtime supporters of that program as well I believe it's been a few years back now that your parents were honored with that award from the Angus. Oh absolutely
2: and and uh, I mean my grandpa bought two of the the first foundation donation heifers and and help to you know I'm not going to say get it launched but you know help help to be a, an integral person in the early years of the the foundation uh, donation heifer and then we've uh, oh we were affiliated with falcon seaboard ranches that, that bought the pick of the sitz heifers in 2001 and that was a, a a very fun thing for the foundation but it was a tremendous female in in our herd at that time as well and so we you know, have a great appreciation for the, the people that donate, the people that buy, um, you know, the Bell Point crew, family, extended network there. I mean, those guys uh, through this foundation female sale and, and uh, you know, cattle that they purchased from us and in uh, relationships that we've uh, continued to grow over the years uh, through these activities that, that come to fruition here in Denver. I mean, it's been a lot of fun.
1: That's awesome. So, so fast forward to today, and t- maybe talk about the the, the Baldridge Tiedemann program. Tell about your uh, kind of what you're up to, how you market your cattle, a little about your breeding philosophy. So, so mom and dad and my wife
2: Lindsay and I uh, uh, run uh, a core herd of of um, mama cows and in a, a group of uh, donors, and we've got a handful of very good cooperators that work with us and our. Our end goal is to uh, produce functional sound cattle that go out and work for the commercial cattlemen and allow them to garner premiums wherever they choose to to gather those, whether it's right at weaning or uh, running yearling steers or selling uh, replacement females or owning them all the way through to the end. Uh, and gathering that carcass data and premiums back, but we, you know, we, we don't shoot the moon anywhere in terms of, of paperwork, but we want to have a very progressively balanced animal uh, on the hoof uh, and on paper, and, uh, you know, cow families are very important to us. We've uh, focused on a core group of cow families, you know, the, the Ever elder Intenses and Forever Ladies. I mean, they've they've been around for decades and and for a reason. I mean, the The feet, fertility, longevity, and production of those cows allows us to, uh, you know, go forward and offer a product that that stays around for our customers as well. But we will offer, uh, oh, 115 to 130 private treaty bulls every spring and uh, sell those uh, at mom and dad's place there in in North Platte each, each year. And we're very fortunate to have a strong repeat customer base and people that, that work with us and trust us and you know we're, we're always balancing the the new and up-and-coming technologies and and things coming down the pipeline but when when I get a wild and crazy idea I immediately reach out to some of our commercial customers and run it by them and if they hang up or talk about the weather <laughs> I, I know that I'm off base and, yeah. and so it it starts with the customer and in uh, a balanced product and we've we've been very fortunate to have a A great group of customers that have stuck with us throughout the years and and we also have a uh, a female production sale in november every year uh saturday before for thanksgiving we have a female sale with the the frank and cattle and genetics uh family in in nebraska and uh offer uh, angus of our own and and with them and have have a good good working relationship with with them and have a fun female sale as well
0: so you have a sale on the female side, but sell private treaty on the bulls. Do you ever worry that you're giving something up there?
2: We do. I mean, it, it's it, it, if it wasn't for a great customer base and, and strong repeat customers that trust in what we're doing, we, we wouldn't be able to do that. And uh, we're, we're very fortunate. We had a live auction for a lot of years. Uh, it was always in February, and you could bet heavily on uh, that second Heavy Wednesday. <laughs> that, that second Wednesday in February was always going to be pretty blustery, and uh, if your, your customers were good coyote hunters, you knew they'd be in the seats, but uh, you know, a lot of times they're going to be home taking care of cattle too, and, and that's, you know, that's part of raising cattle in this region. It's, it it goes, uh, goes with the, the territory, but uh, we, we switched to selling private treaty uh, in, the, in the early 2000s, and it, it's worked well for us, and our customers are happy, and we're going to keep going with that
1: uh, in, the, in the near future anyway. So you mentioned balance multiple times through through as describing your philosophy, and I, I think it's probably one of the discussions I get into as much as anything with breeders of this idea of what does balance look like, how do we balance the cow with the consumer, and as the signals around quality grade and weight, as we move to more value-based marketing, those signals get get bigger and stronger, which is a a, gr- a good thing, and, and yet that... I always I, I suggest that that makes that that balancing act maybe maybe harder. So oh, how, how do you do it? How it, do you, it what do you it, look at? It it is tough. I
2: mean yeah. the the two words that are most intimidating to to our family and, and probably this industry is, is the word balance and the word enough. You know mm-hmm. I mean it, it's so easy to market and aim for all of the est words biggest mm-hmm. heaviest most. I mean those are those are the words that. Bring marketing They're very power. Marketable. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you have to have a piece of that puzzle in in, in your operation. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, the the consistency, you know, when your customer goes to the sale barn with a group of steers or heifers and, and the first one looks like the last one and uh, they've they've made a product on, on their ranches that uh, garners attention of, of bidders across the country, uh, that's that's where the gratific- gratification comes in and that, that's tough. It's absolutely tough. And you know, we're, we're always fighting Mother Nature and weather trends and drought and too much snow, not enough rain, and, you know, we, uh, you know, and it, it's no different than anybody else, but, uh, you know, trying to find that product that's bred consistently and, and, you know, can figure out where to hit the center of the target, it, I mean, that's what keeps us going. I mean, it, 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 it's impossible to quantify, it's impossible to put your finger on, but, That's everybody's goal, but uh, sometimes it's the nebulous beast that we can't tackle.
1: Yeah. So maybe talk about the tools you guys lean heaviest on. You talk about cow families. Sounds Mm -hmm. like that's something that you guys, I think, have over time, have always put emphasis on cow families. Um, Talk about um, the EPDs, indexes, genomics in general. Just kind of what's your approach? I
2: I think you have to you have to reach into each of those toolboxes and and bring a little bit of all of that to the table I mean whether it's uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna make a few of my close friends uh, cringe and giggle but I'm a I'm a staunch supporter of the Pathfinder program and and, uh, you know we're fortunate that a lot of our donors have earned the Pathfinder status and and they're productive and and, uh, you know come back and do it year after year and uh, then you know when you reach into the paperwork i mean it, it starts with a live calf so the calving ease and in uh, birth weight epds and then uh, you know your customers gotta gotta everybody sells by the pound whether it's carcass weight or it's weaning weight or yearling weight i mean those those numbers are are absolutely important to us and then is uh, you know marbling in in the quality product that we try and go to the public with when our cab uh, oriented programs i mean we we absolutely have to be conscious of uh, of marbling and 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 honestly, marbling is the one that probably uh, is the toughest for us to find a comfort level with enough because it's hard to have enough of a good thing. But uh, as you're, you know, you know, you want to gather up the balance of of growth and fertility and and calving ease and production traits and longevity. But, uh, you know, you want to keep pressing the gas pedal down a little bit to keep allowing those opportunities for your customers to to get those premiums in the marketplace, whether whether they're advertising those genetics on a, on a set of yearling steers or they're going to maintain ownership all the way to the rail.
1: How do you work with your commercial customers? Do they, do they kind of come in and look to you of, of what they need? Um, have they become more attuned into the, the cow families that, that you've put in front of them and the EPDs and the tools that are out there? Or?
2: I'm, I'm very impressed with, with our customer base and very thankful. I mean, I think our commercial customers have have latched on to a lot of the products that, that uh, the Angus Association and a lot of the AG uh, publications have put out there in terms of what's available to them and what's coming down the pipeline and what's, you know, creating premiums or possible premiums in the marketplace. And so I, I'm very thankful to have uh, a group of, uh, you know, commercial customers that they come to us and they ask about what, you know, these new tools or new ideas and And when I don't have the answer, you know, I I try and get them in contact with the people that that can help them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, whether whether it's a, you know, a tagging program or, uh, you know, chasing a a certain amount of a certain trade at any given time. I mean, we we listen to them and, and, you know, we're not one to stand on a on a soapbox and and say, by golly, you need to be doing just this and only this, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, these people uh, live on their ranches and make the payments on uh, on their ranches, and I think it's their choice to uh, make those tough decisions in, in their operations, but I want to be able to provide the information to help them make those decisions. And uh, very fortunate to have, uh, you know, a good information flow from our association and our staff. and. Uh, not just the angus association but a lot of the ag uh, entities that uh, that are out there are very helpful to our commercial commercial industry
0: you mentioned this earlier that they're marketing in a variety of ways but would you say yeah 20 percent retaining ownership the rest of the sale barn or what's kind of their their end goal of your customers
2: our our customers would would uh would be about an equal split of selling calves at, at weaning time uh, on videos and/or uh, selling yearlings, and uh, we've we've got a we've got a, a a few customers that absolutely do retain ownership all the way to the end, and, and you know they're they're very progressive, and, and uh, <clears throat> a lot of them you know own a feedlot or work very closely in in cooperation with a feedlot uh, you know very carefully, and and it's it, I mean it's fun to kind of balance all those different marketing sectors too. Yeah.
0: I was kind of thinking you're in the, the country where it's easy to do any of those things, close to feed yard, close to grain, also close to the sandhills. So you've got all of that. Um, but where did that focus come from for you guys to want to balance all of those things?
2: Well, I, I mean, it, it all boils down to, uh, you know, building that customer base. And, and, you know, you you can create, reinvent the wheel and create what you think is the perfect product. But when you stand on the street corner and try and advertise and market that and, uh, if you get too far away from, uh, relating to your customer, you're, you're, uh, you're going to be out there on an Island by yourself. And They'll so let you, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. So it's, And when it's
0: too late almost. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, in, 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 yeah, we're, we're an archaic industry, but, uh, man, the information flow and, and the changes to our industry, uh, keep coming faster and faster every year. So mm. that again, trying to find that nebulous balance is, is the trick.
1: Well, I think that respect you have for the commercial producer. I, I, was, I, was, I was struck by what you said, you know, when I, when I have a crazy idea, I call my commercial boat customers. <laughs> and I think probably, maybe too many times in the in the registered business, we we tend to think we. We maybe know more sometimes than our than our commercial customers because we're inundated with the the data and the technology, and we're this is you know what we study each and every day. But um, sometimes, if we're not careful, we can we can we can uh, get come a little ungrounded. And and I think it, that idea of, of, of bouncing those crazy ideas, as you said, off your commercial customer, that's pretty smart. Well,
2: I mean, I I fully admit to being a you know a bit of a hypocrite. I mean, I love using a hot new young sire that has no progeny yet. I I mean, there's a certain sector and a certain percentage of our cows that will mate that way every year.
1: It was that know? gambling thing that Greg it, it, McCurry exactly. put in. Yeah. 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 It all comes around. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, it all started in 1993, right there, yeah.
2: But, no, it, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a fun industry, and, yeah. and that's what keeps us going and keeps us driven is, is trying to balance the, the cutting edge with the, the proven and safe. Yeah.
0: So do you preface it with, Hey John, I've got a crazy idea. Or do you just play it cool and see if they react? No, I, I mean
2: we've we've got a good working relationship with a with a lot of folks out there, and and you know what you know and I've mentioned uh, the network that we that we rely on daily, and you know you pick up the phone and say, hey, I you know I found this new bull, or I you know I'm thinking about this donor cow, or I you know I'm thinking about breeding this part of the cow herd this way, and you know how would this impact you? How do you feel about this? And. I mean, it's important to listen as much as it is to help spread all of the cutting new uh, information
1: and tools as well. I was going to switch gears because I I, I I don't know many uh, within my circles that don't have uh, have uh, have have your seasoning in in the kitchen as the go-to when it's time to throw steaks or burgers or about any beef item on the grill.
0: I was gifted at one time for like helping judge a, a speech contest or something like that, and after that I was hooked. So
1: <laughs> I certainly appreciate
2: that. It, it it's got a fun backstory. I mean, my my grandfather and and his mother. Uh, Basically, developed the the original recipe uh, in in my grandfather's days in Missouri, and uh, my my great grandmother was a tremendous cook, and I I remember a few of the the meals, and, and uh you know I'm I'm a foodie, uh, admittedly. Um, uh, I I think I, you
1: get it natural. I've been around your mom and dad a little. I think they're both foodies too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I
2: I, uh, I definitely uh, appreciate that side of our industry. Uh, for sure but uh, my, my grandpa would mix this seasoning and he would save jelly jars and empty containers and as he would go from auction to auction his auctioneer he'd pop the trunk and somebody would ask for some and he'd give him a you know old jelly jar out of the trunk of the car that mm. had the seasoning in it and we've got uh, family friends in North Platte that had a grocery store chain and he said, "You know, Jim, if you'll get this commercially packaged, it'll help you launch it, and we'll get it on store shelves." And so, in 1991, we we jumped through those hoops and and got uh, the the public blessing to to go to the the shelves with it. And it, it's you know, and, and by and large, our our. Uh, customer growth has been by word of mouth and and people will try it and and they'll put it on meat or they'll call us and say hey you got to try it on popcorn or <laughs> S- I love it on scrambled eggs or you know I grilled asparagus and sprinkled it on top I and mean, we get wild and crazy stories of how people will use it and and it we I mean it's just it's been its own creature created its own climate and we're You know, very fortunate that it was a high quality product early on and it it was gluten free and and MSG free and so we (laughs) we dodged some of the trigger things that are that are talking points in today's food industry and uh, we've we've had a lot of fun with it we're we're very fortunate that the grandpa created a a fun product in that respect and uh, we've since oh um, I'm shooting from the hip but about 1992 or 1993 we've Uh, Brought it out here to the yards and served it on uh, New York Strip, and and now we have uh, CAB Strip and and Tri-Tip, and working with CAB has been a great partnership for us, and hopefully we've returned the favor and and gathered some new uh, CAB fans as they walk through the yards and try the seasoning
1: and, and a good beef product with it it 's always been uh, we, we were
0: popular tent. very very popular
1: tent and and you can smell it from around the the uh, for anybody that 's been in the yards you can you can smell the steaks cooking and it 's been it 's been a great partnership I think I was at cAB maybe when we first talked to your mom about looking for some product and and uh, we that's that 's really been a lot of fun to 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 uh, to partner up with your family it 's been great for the brand and i hope it 's been good for you guys it, too
2: it 's been tremendous for us we we appreciate the partnership and the opportunity and uh, you know, anytime you can, uh, you know, little kids will come running by and they'll try one. And we've we've had a, had a, a group of kids uh, that they would switch coats and come back by and think we didn't, didn't notice that it was the same group. And, you know, we just, we, we get so much enjoyment out of that. It, it's fun, you know, to, to have a, a, a good eating experience for people and see the smile on their face. It's it's good for, for the yeah. whole industry. Yeah.
0: So am I hearing that right in the years that was the year that Grandpa passed away? He
2: passed away in 1994. Four. So he, okay, he, so he got to see he, it. He was definitely involved in, okay, in uh, you know, he, he he loved the stock show. He was involved with numerous breeds out here in sales and events and, you know, having a an Angus Bull on display and having a grill going with some steak and putting the seasoning on there and starting a conversation and, and doing this networking and marketing that, that we all do out here. It, it, it started... Uh, a lot of he years ago part of it yeah what did
0: he think about his face being on the brand
2: I, I you know I that's <laughs> that's one where I wish mom was here with us <laughs> right. because I, I mean I was very young when all that started but mm-hmm. I, I remember he had the professional photo taken at that time and, it, and it, it was his seasoning and his secret seasoning and his picture was on the label and away we went we've only had one label change in terms of the the general format of it since 1991 so it's his face has been on it for, for a lot of years.
0: It's a long enduring brand.
1: True. So since since you're doing this pro bono for us, so let's we we'll want to give you a little commercial. If someone listening would like to order, how do they do that? Uh, you can uh, you can call you can go to baldridgeseasoning.com uh,
2: and uh, get on uh, get on our website and uh, check out the the options there. Or there's a phone number on that website and just call us and we'll we'll ship it out to you. Mm.
0: So you mentioned you're a bit of a foodie and I also know where you live. So how does one get to be a foodie from North Platte, Nebraska?
2: Oh, I mean, we we enjoy cooking and entertaining for <laughs> sure. for friends and neighbors and customers and family events and and uh, then, you know, as we travel, I mean, you go to these cattle sales, you, you know, I mean, we're I think we're all whether we admit it or not, we're all foodies. Yeah, and there. and I mean, you the conversations this week, you know, where did you eat last night? What did you yeah. have? What did yeah. you enjoy? what's new what's exciting you know in the old tried and true awesome steakhouses across the country I mean those those a lot of memories are made around those dinner tables and uh, that you know that's a that's a fun networking and in conversation point for all of us I think
0: yeah. I feel like I should also edit that to say that we do have a really good CAB licensee in North Platte that has Absolutely. been added to the scene here recently. After I said that, I was <laughs> like, don't let them find me. Yeah, saying we, that. Yeah. We, we
2: have one now and we're very fortunate to have them. We, you know, for a lot of years, we didn't have right. anything other than chain restaurants. And it, yeah. was, it was very hard to have a, a good, you know, steakhouse in North Platte. And now we're very fortunate to have a couple and, and we're going to have another CAB steakhouse coming online in North Platte uh, before too terribly long. But, uh, you know, in a, in a ag-driven, beef-driven community, it's so nice to have, yeah. you know, good local ownership and good people running a very, very good steakhouse or a couple steakhouses in North now,
1: And that's not always the case. You travel around through cattle country a lot of times, yeah. and it's hard to find a good steak. Oh, know? absolutely. It's, it's always... Uh, yeah. You go into the grocery stores through and, and, and they don't even, you know, it's a, a select product or you can't even yep. find a choice product some days. Yep. Like, this is, where all the, this is where all this product originated and the producers that have it uh, have a harder time finding it sometimes than those out on the coast or the large metro areas.
2: Well, and, and you know, even for our, our at-home consumers, I mean, some of the, you know, aging and, and, you know, grades and, I mean, some of that's a little bit nebulous and intimidating for them. But... I think uh, I think our customers have, again, another sector of our customer group that has is, is, uh, educated themselves and uh, integrated higher quality products and created demand for, you know, higher quality genetics for all of us, and, you know, CAB's uh, absolutely added value to every commercial cattleman's uh, operation across the country, for sure.
0: Do you think that's shaped uh, your breeding program and how you think about cattle, or, I mean...
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah, I mean, I... I mean. We you know we all make that hypothetical uh, a jump in our minds sometimes you know if we hid the registration papers, what would we do differently and I I don't know that I want to do that I mean you know in, in nothing else in the world do we get to hide the information and, and I think it's important to to uh, keep studying keep learning and keep using the information and, and again reaching for whatever you know our environments are all different and and uh, you know the cattle that i raise in nebraska or that you know lindsay's uh, lindsay's part of the cow herd and what she does is sometimes different than mine and what i do is different than somebody in georgia or new york or california or hawaii and you know that's the beauty of our breed is they they're very adaptive and uh, we've we've uh, all managed to make a market with our our genetics across the world it really yeah.
1: Talk about coming back as a as, as the next generation into your operation talk, talk about that i i, I think that 's one of the things that 's most critical across all of production agriculture is, is this transfer from one generation to the next and it's it 's so hard and and yet we, and we know we have a lot of families that are that are that are setting that up to happen or hoping it to happen so to so talk about how that that 's happening not to get into the to the to the you know the, the <laughs> Well, Let me see your balance sheet. No, there's yeah, a, But, no, but, but I, obviously, the financial piece of all that. So, talk, talk about how you guys have, have approached that. No, it,
2: I mean, it is it is tough. I mean, in, in in my unsolicited piece of advice, and I don't have the the highlighted uh, numbered uh, uh, game plan on what to do. But absolutely, you know, have a have an often and, and thorough conversation with uh, you know your accounting professionals, your legal professionals, and and, and have that. You know succession plan and and those things in place because you know protecting these ranches is so important to our industry let alone the families involved and uh, you know for Lindsay and I and and mom and dad's uh, you know little chapter of this book you know we were I'm an only child and and, um, I I was the the one to come back and I went off and and did some other things for a while and, and came back to our operation and uh, jumped right in, 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 a good cattle cycle. So again, I was, I was pretty spoiled, but, uh, you know, as we all are on the backside of a cattle spi- cycle, it, uh, makes you reevaluate some things and, and, you know, make, make your pencil a little sharper too. And so I, again, you're always studying, learning and, and, uh, trying to figure out how to make things more efficient. And, but, uh, you know, for, for Lindsay and I, we've, we've been involved, Lindsay's, uh, a professional in North Platte and we've Lindsay and I have a, a business that we're involved with uh, on the side as well and mom and dad have the seasoning and a, and a couple other uh, entities that they work with and so we're, we're pretty diversified yeah. Yeah. and so we, we stay busy throughout the year and, and a lot of irons in the fire but uh, when there's something going on you know we all rally and, and come together and help each other and uh, it's it you know we're very very fortunate in that respect. Communication is, is uh, uh the, the The thing that uh, i'm probably not very good at but uh, it it's very very important
1: how do you guys as a family I know sometimes you know in a business operation you've got you know you have your weekly meetings and management team meetings yet yeah, and families sometimes that that communication that needs to happen that goal setting that that planning sometimes it it if you're not intentional about it it doesn't happen how do you guys approach that or you just close enough that you kind of know what each other's thinking and
2: yeah I, i'd say in our instance we are close enough and you know that morning cup of coffee and in you know plotting the day or the week is is important or uh, you know at the end of the day uh, having a having a steak and a in a glass of wine and talking about what's coming up on, on the horizon i mean i'd say it happens more naturally for us but i've uh, i've gotten quite a few text messages of, Oh, hey, you forgot this and, and so it, it uh yeah. it, it all it all comes full circle. But no, we're we're probably more the organic version. I'd I'd love to have a again, agenda and a plan and every Monday morning we plot this out and never deviate. But uh that, that doesn't work for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, most f- That's say okay. most farming and ranching operations don't get to work weekly on a plan anyhow. I mean, the Lindsay, plan's usually shot by Lindsay about 8.30 on Monday. Lindsay gives me a hard on time on by
2: being yeah. the structured, spoiled only child, but uh, <laughs> I, I'd like to think I'm a lot more flexible than
1: that. <laughs> 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 Lindsay's observing this conversation. She's shaking her head yes. Okay. She confirms that that is a true, <laughs> that is a true statement. That
0: is true. Well, I was thinking when you were going to go on the communication route and working with family that... Since Bob and Becky aren't here, this is your chance to, you know, tell us how it really works when you guys are working cattle and who really gets to make the decisions and air yeah. any grievances if you want. To. No, it's uh,
2: <laughs> we're we're very fortunate because we we do kind of have a common set of goals and we all kind of run to run to our corner and do our thing and it all comes together under the same umbrella and we're very fortunate that way. But I mean, Dad's uh, Dad's on the ranch day in and day out and. He's the one that uh, really works on a lot of those relationships with our our customer base, and Mom does as well. And then she uh, she would love to figure out the the succession plan for uh, you know moving the the registrations and the DNA work off on me. <laughs> but uh, uh, that, I, I know that if she were here, that would that would be my new responsibility right here uh, on on the. Public forum that would uh, automatically be on me. We
1: probably could have handed... gotten that
0: done for you, Becky, if you would have joined the <laughs>
1: podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, so Jake, as you look at on the horizon and you look in the Angus business, you're you're obviously an uh, in a um, you're, you're an influencer and a, and a leader in, in this in this breed. What what excites you most about the Angus breed today? And I have a follow up to that.
2: <laughs> oh, I you know we're calving right now and you see those new babies hit the ground and, and it, you, you can't help but get excited about the new generation. And you want to see what the new sire groups are going to do. You want to see what the proven sire groups are going to do. And, and, uh, you know, you're, you're help, you're always hoping for, you know, this heifer calf out of this old favorite cow, or you want to see this group of bulls a year from now. I mean, it, I, I think it's, you always got to be looking out on the horizon and, and you stay excited about that. And, and this industry is changing. It is intimidating a lot of days, admittedly. But uh, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, we can only move so fast, and our gestation period is only so long or so fast. And, and you know, we we introduce new technology and, and try and tackle the efficiencies when we can. But at the end of the day, Mother Nature's still in charge, and uh, we're we're just manipulating the intricacies around the edges. And uh, it, sometimes you you have to step back and, and realize that, uh, you know, we can only do so much so fast, but uh, I, you know, you can't help but be excited about, uh, you know, new opportunities, especially right now. I think this cattle market's on, on the verge of doing some great things, and, and I think there's a lot of excitement, especially we've seen a lot of things this week, new people, new faces, uh, people that haven't been to the stock show yet to see some of the new facilities, and man, they're excited, and, you know, the sale that just concluded is we're, we're doing this. I mean, that was a you know cattle represented from coast to coast and people that are new new consigners, and people that have been in this sale for a lot of years and i i mean they they had a great day today so i if that doesn't get you excited about this this business and this breed i don't know what will
1: what about the? Speak to the diversity, and you can challenge me if you don't agree. But I, I tend to believe, and, a, and the sale would be a great example of what we just saw today. The diversity in our breed, we saw it in Oklahoma City. We have, and I would say we we have breeders, in my opinion, being very successful with very different approaches to the mm-hmm. Angus breed. Very different approaches to the kind of cattle they're wanting to raise, uh, the emphasis they're putting on the data. Um, do you see that continuing? Do you do you? I guess I, I'll let you. If you don't, if you don't agree with that, um, you, can, no, you can push I'd, back. No, I but. absolutely
2: do. I mean, you you know, we've you know, at this event alone, you know, we've got you know, show cattle that have been bred to be show cattle, and and I think that is such an important part of our industry. You know, these cattle look good. They offer uh, responsibility and opportunities for kids, and they get them get them involved, get them excited. I mean, nothing uh, fuels fuels a fire like competition, and and so that. That sector of, of our breed is very important, and, and yeah, we saw some very, uh, you know, index-driven, really high-quality cattle uh, from a paper standpoint and phenotype standpoint in this sale now, and I, I think that's cool. I mean, these are these are tools that we have, and, and people are getting those EST words in every line of those footnotes, <laughs> and, and, you know, all of these cattle brought strong prices today, so I, you know, I, sure, we may be segmented in, in, in one respect, but... I think the broad bigger picture and the most important picture is we're all under the angus umbrella and our breed can can work in the different corners of of every industry in every corner of this country and i think that's what's cool
1: well and i think too if you look if we if we have 80 plus percent of the of the gene pool of the beef industry as Angus genetics, we we need that kind of diversity. Absolutely, you know, and I, I truly believe that is that is one of the real strengths of the breed, um, the the diversity in our our gene pool and the di- d- diversity in the philosophy of our of our breeders, and I think it's it's why um, I. Believe that market share is going to continue to grow. I I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So I'd said I had a follow up. So what yeah. excites you most? What What are some of the concerns? What are, as a as a forty year yeah. old uh, that that I suspect as as every ambition of retiring being an Angus breeder. What are the concerns of of, of uh...
2: you know I mean currently uh, input costs and in, in uh, some of these efficiencies and inefficiencies are you know they're our our inputs and in you know cost of production is intimidating you know and and land taxes in, in various states across the country are an especially issue. Especially Nebraska. Yeah, especially <laughs> Nebraska. And, you know, how do we tackle those things? Uh, sometimes kind of, unfortunately, feels out of our control, but we're mm-hmm. hamstrung by them at, at, every turn. And so how do we, again, try and find the balance and, and eke out the efficiencies and the added values for, for ourselves and our customers? I mean, it, it's a trick and mm-hmm. it, uh, it, again, it's, Intimidating, but yet exciting too. Yeah.
0: You know, as we look forward uh, as an association trying to respond to producers and what producers need from us and our staff, in what ways do you think the association can help you in the future address your challenges?
2: You know, I I think the the I think the Angus Association does a great job with communication, whether it's you know email blasts or I mean one of my favorite periodicals that we get at any given times the Angus Beef Bulletin and uh, you know the email blasts are awesome and the Angus website you know I. Every morning, I wake up, read a sale report, or see which new catalog's gone online, and I, I mean, that's exciting, and having that information flow available to us, having it on our phones, our computers, or in our mailboxes, uh, and then to, you know, compound that with an awesome staff. I mean, growing up in Nebraska, I think back to all the regional managers we've had, and those guys being the, the face of the breed in our state. I mean, starting, you know, growing up with Jim Shirley, I mean, he you you want to talk about an awesome guy? and. You know, I, I we just brought on Will Harsh in Nebraska, and I, I told him, I said, "Look, man, you're you're new to this territory, but I've known you for a long time. But uh, you you do a great job, and we're very blessed in the state of Nebraska to have always had awesome Angus staff, and uh, we're we're fortunate that way. And and to have you know people that can you know whether you know a lot of times they can answer the questions that I can't, and trying to bridge that gap with information flow with our customers or our friends or you know whatever things coming down the pipeline. And I know Mark, I've called you with. Uh, some things that I've been feisty about or questioning <laughs> or, or concerned about, or, you know, questioning on the horizon. And you've always, you know, given me a, a great well thought out, uh, you know, it may not always be the answer I want to hear on that day, but I know that it's, uh, you know, crafted with concern and, and uh, for the, the greater good of the whole breed. And I, I appreciate, you know, having that access to high quality staff everywhere.
0: I promise we did not pay him to no. say any yeah. of that. I mean, <laughs> if you really do have a list, a to-do list no, for us, well. no, we've. I mean,
2: we've we've worked in other breeds, and and you know the the smaller breeds. I mean, it's tough. You know, you've got a limited staff, and those guys are busy. And uh, I mean, we're we're very fortunate, we're fortunate in fortunate, Angus yes. to to have a, a great staff. You know, whether you know it, it's a paperwork question or. Hey, I screwed something up. Can you help me fix it? Which, for me, happens. That happened that one <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It happens. <laughs> but uh, no, we're we're very fortunate. And yeah. and I and I again, I I think it. I mean, yeah, this is probably cheesy, but I think it's very important to uh, say thank you, okay. to, whether it's our customers or to you guys.
1: Yeah. And we appreciate that. Yeah. And again, yeah, we weren't we were digging for, for compliments, <laughs> no. but it uh, and uh, and and I always appreciate your candor. I know with uh, you're you're someone that I can I can reach out to and, and say what what do you think about this, right? And I know I'll is get this
0: a crazy idea. Yeah, is this a crazy <laughs> idea? You know, you know,
1: and um, and so we need that. We need that. I mean, that's something I uh, I I highly encourage of, of, of breeders of all ages, um, not just uh, you know of of we need to hear what's what's. Uh, Uh, what what they're hearing what they're dealing with what the association can be you know we can't um, we can't fix everything right but we can uh, we want to hear that feedback we welcome that feedback and value it great deal and I always uh, like I said I always enjoy our conversations and and always enjoy what I know is going to be candor and (laughs) which is what we need my goodness yeah
2: no. I may be too blunt at times. No, nope. I, I do apologize for that. He doesn't have that. you tagged as feisty in his phone <laughs> it's, it's, or anything. Yeah. Be you should blind, hear the ringtone you. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I'm sure there's been some board members and you that may have me saved in the phone as do not answer. Not at all.
1: Not at all. What what do we do? I mean, you've got a group of, of your peers of similar age that that um um and I know you guys and some of you guys are, are, are fairly well organized and you guys talk uh, and even I think do some there's some groups of you that maybe even do some, you know, regular Zoom calls and mm-hmm. things. What well, maybe speak to that a little bit. What what can the association do or ideas you guys have to to help um you know, the we kinda of always joke we've we we uh you know, we, we invest a a lot in our youth programs and, and we, we get them to to the time they go off to college and and we've got some programs, you know, the BLI program and some things Mm -hmm. designed for Mm -hmm. those after their juniors. But then it's, it's like, well, then you have to wait a few generations and we'll get them back as board members. Right. Because, uh, you know, honestly, it's a, it's a huge time commitment to be on a board and stage of life and such is, is it's, it's not real easy for a, a young person necessarily to with a, you know, maybe a young family or just getting started. Started to so what what can the association do or ideas you have of how we we better hear from maybe uh, I'll say your generations or your peers um, are there you're sounding very old now mark I know it I'm just <laughs> I've just thrown in the towel I am old I' I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. but, but uh,
2: you know having having that insight and, and having that you know confidence in yourself that that you want to make sure that you're reaching out to all the corners of the industry I mean I think I think that's a huge marker I have a huge mark of respect for you for even, you know, acknowledging that. And, and, and Ed, as we talked about the, the breed and, and especially the whole industry being a little segmented at times, you know, we're not always going to agree. I mean, as, as a breed, we want to be everything to everybody all the time. I mean, I think that's our goal, period. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, whether, you know, I, I breed one sector of cattle at my house and you do one at your house and Miranda, you do something different at your house and it's all three are going to look totally different we're not going to agree every day you know mm-hmm. by and large we're running under the angus umbrella but uh, yeah we're not we're not all going to see eye to eye every day but i think having that comfort level and, and keeping the lines of communication open are important and and i'm dodging your question because i don't necessarily have an answer i mean I'm, it's I'm, a hard question yeah i, think, I mean I'm, yeah. I'm very i'm very appreciative that that you have that self-awareness that you you know you want to be available in in uh, uh you know carefully planning and, and thinking about everybody's concerns I mean I think that means a lot to us as breeders but uh, you know to answer your direct question you know will you be on this street corner on Sunday to uh, have a you know town hall <laughs> meeting to hear uh, this group of Angus breeders concerns I mean yet I mean I those things come up I mean it, it's the nature of, of development of new tools and, and information flow and I mean you know when when uh, sectors are, are feeling neglected or uh, you know slighted and, and I think you guys hit that, hit that head on uh, very well and, and as a breeder I appreciate that um, you know we're not always going to agree but if we can all focus on what we're doing as individual breeders and, and come together as, as the Angus breed cumulatively uh, I think it bodes well for all of us but I, to answer your question I don't know how you tackle uh, some of that stuff I, I admire you for,
1: uh, for trying to wear that hat well, and, and honestly, it's it's the reason you know I I say communication yeah. today as an association is is so much more challenging, I believe, than than maybe it was 20 or 30 years ago when you know we had the magazine, and of mm-hmm. course that is and, and, and still like the is
0: in on, the only avenue that right yeah, the you only avenue for it. Right? and and the communication cycle was shorter
1: right or the longer cycle. I mean like the yeah. yeah
0: like it was every month you had a news story not daily hourly yeah. all the things but yeah. So we I, work.
1: So we work hard, Miranda, and and and, uh, and the team at Angus Media and our our communications and PR team work hard to, you know. I, I've told this story probably on the podcast a few times of a guy that called up during the whole gene editing discussion. He was mad and he said, "Why didn't I know about this?" And I was like, "Well, do you do you read the Angus Journal?" He said, "Nope." I said, "Do you go to our website?" He said, "Nope." I said, well, "How are we supposed to get this stuff to you?" You know. And true. but I'm being very true. It's why we do this podcast. We're trying to to. Um, again rich people, where, reach they're people where they're at mm-hmm. right but it it is hard today so it's it's to our listeners i always invite that i know we we have a heart Absolutely. for that of, of 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 hearing the feedback you know and and uh engaging us in, in different however what the way that's most uh convenient and uh for uh, uh for the member
2: no yeah. i and and as a breeder i i appreciate that i mean it it's uh you know whether like i, I mentioned it the Email blasts and, and uh, the phone app and, you know, different periodicals in the mailbox. I mean, we're, we're fortunate to have a lot of different ways, but yeah. you, you can't keep us all happy all the time. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, for me as a communicator, it's not my job to decide whether or not somebody's happy or unhappy with the decision um, but I never want a breeder to be surprised that they have not heard about this or that they haven't, like, where did this come from? So that's, you know, yeah. my...
2: Well, and, and anytime things are new, I mean, there's been EPDs that have, you know, new indexes or whatever. I've, I've been a, you know, public opponent of some of them in the past, <laughs> admittedly. And, yep. you know, every time a new one comes along, you know, right when they hit the public domain, it's a little bumpy right mm-hmm. off the bat, but if you keep putting your ore in the water and you go with the flow for two, three, four years, five years, man, that ends up being a pretty nice product. And whether you use it or not is up to you. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm a creature of habit admittedly. And I, I'm sure if you glance to Lindsay, she's, she's going to be <laughs> she's agreeing. Shaking her head she's but acknowledging it uh, again. Uh, yes, but, yeah. You know, change, change is hard. <laughs> and, and especially yep. in our industry changes hard. And, and I think having that, open and relatable uh, line of communication among all the players involved is is the first line of defense to bringing everybody back together and getting them on the same page again
1: true well we don't ever want to lose sight that change does impact can impact animal value which impacts oh. people's yeah. uh, livelihood Absolutely. right so of course Absolutely. It, uh, you know it uh, it can stir up some emotion from time to time so
0: i feel like it's the balance of progress and patience both at once i heard you just say like you got to wait a little bit before you decide whether or oh, not. oh
1: absolutely you. yeah yeah
0: good well mark are we ready for the random question of the week
1: i think we are i think we've probably you've probably got uh, we've kept you out of the tent long enough and, <laughs> and uh, your your mom's probably ready for you to get back grilling some yeah. tri-tip or yeah. something oh yeah we'll, we'll do go. you
0: guys all take a shift on the grill
2: Oh, we kind of trade on and off and, and uh, you know, Lindsay's here and, and, mom and I, we all kind of trade off and somebody's chatting with the, the locals and somebody's running the grill and it, it, it kind of, we kind of trade around. It's kind of fun.
0: Okay, okay. Well, I wrote a random question down, but I'm scratching that mark. That she usually rate? does.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Uh-oh. not, it's
0: not truly random. If you got to read it ahead of time, is it? Probably so not. Random, my phone just went off. There we go. All right. Random question of the week. Do you have a favorite, um, memory from national western stock show or i want to talk about a favorite animal you brought here
2: oh
0: and it could be one and the same
2: oh i mean there's a lot of them. i mean i remember one of the first years we came out here with with seasoning uh, grandpa had a bull uh, baldridge alfalfa he, i think he was a high flyer son and <laughs> uh, so we were had him on display in the yards and in grilling seasoning alongside him and uh you know that that was early 90s and i i remember that being being a lot of fun but no i mean i've i've had uh had a few few show animals out here had uh you know some pin bulls that that were you know part of my bread and own thing and that was fun had some sale animals we actually probably the most recent one we we and this is admittedly kind of nerdy but we we were fortunate enough to sell the first live animal through the new sale mm. ring and uh that was that was a lot of fun, and and very fortunate to get along very well with her, and and uh, that was a fun activity for our family a couple of years ago. But uh, now we've we've just got a a ton of fun memories from from the stock show for sure. But I
0: felt the year was probably about the time that you went from being like sidekick to actual help.
2: At uh, I, I, <laughs> I, at that time I probably thought I was. I <laughs> I, uh, I, I probably got. Banished to go do tie-outs after a while, I'm sure. I don't know. (laughs) Well, that's actual help. (laughs) (laughs) Out of sight, out of mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, very good. Well, be sure to bring our regards to your parents and let them know also. that We'll do it.
2: We'll do it. No, we're we're very fortunate as a family to have a good relationship with all of you and uh, appreciate this opportunity as well.
1: Thanks for being with us today. We really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Every time I visit with cattlemen and women, I learn something new. That's why I enjoyed that episode so much, and I hope you did too. It's also why I'm excited to be headed to the Cattle Industry Convention and Trade Show this week. So if you're in Orlando, stop by booth 1835 and say hi to the entire Angus team. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure you never miss an episode by clicking subscribe in your favorite podcast platform. This has been the Angus Conversation, an Angus Journal podcast.